Hey, Audrey Anderson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, John? Good. It's always great to have you here and chat about things. And um, when we were talking a couple weeks ago during a commercial break, and we got on the subjects of school threats, and we had talked about them and what you know happens with violence at schools, of course, after what happened in Michigan in the fall, I believe, late mm-hmm. last year. Um, and you had said something to me during the commercial break that you get a ton of calls from parents of kids who have been suspended, expelled, maybe kids facing criminal situations because of threats they make against their school or what the school deems as a threat. It is a lot, right? Oh, it is a lot. We actually just got a call this morning on the way here. Right, from a parent who... Yeah, from a parent who had this issue. And it's interesting because sometimes it's something that the kid just says off the cuff in school. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just kids messing around, like teenage boys, you know, taking pictures or saying something on their small social media network, and then someone else sees it or a parent sees it and brings it to the school's attention. So it can be stuff that a kid does... When they're not even at school. It's mm-hmm. outside of school, just between a couple friends. And social media, of course, makes it, oh boy, even more complicated. Really, very much. And I think we've probably almost gotten half a dozen calls just this week alone with regards to this. Half a dozen calls this week about kids facing uh, problems or, or issues because of school threats. Right. In Absolutely. the suburbs of Chicago, mainly. Right. Yes, exactly. Just from this area where we practice the suburbs of Chicago. And I know every, and I think every parent should call you if something happens to their kid, but that means that there's probably dozens more that are happening and i just want to like preface this conversation because these are always complicated things when we talk about no one is advocating for kids making threats against school and they need to take these things seriously right oh absolutely they do need to take them seriously because some kids really do have the intention to do harm to a school or teachers or other students but sometimes it's just kids mouthing off or just being a teenage boy or a teenage girl yeah and i also feel like schools are in a really tough spot and teachers are, and everyone, because I feel like, and they're going to lean on the side of being extra cautious. And you could certainly understand why, right? Right, definitely, because what it was when we were in junior high or high school many, many years ago, it's totally different than how they take things now. Just carrying a pocket knife to school, that gets you expelled, it's a threat to the school, and you have huge consequences. Whereas when we were kids, you know, that happened all the time. Yeah. So then, If that's the preface for the conversation, the other counter is, but everyone deserves legal representation and someone to analyze the case specifically on what has happened and go through those sorts of things. So what are examples of threats that you've been seeing or you've been hearing lately? Are they mainly social media ones? What are they? What are they? TikTok challenges I've heard about. Right. So it's those TikTok challenges or just social media or sometimes kids will be playing around with like BB guns or things like that, poses, and they'll send each other pictures of that. And then another kid gets the copy of the picture and then they'll add comments to it that'll make it seem like it's a threat to a school or a particular teacher or because they didn't do well on a test. Okay. So it's like a cascading effect. It's not necessarily, I have a BB gun, I'm shooting it. Oh, that would... You know, this should, this is for Mrs. XYZ. It could be someone has a comment and then another person makes a joke or this person says that and now we've got a situation where it's cloudy. Right, right. And then it really takes on a life of its own and snowballs. What is the process for school districts? Is each school district different? How do they handle things like this? Is there a state oversight of these sorts of things? 
So there is a state law with regards to this. They no longer have a zero tolerance policy like they did years ago, where it was an automatic expulsion without a hearing. Okay. So now the schools, they have their own policies and codes for private as well as public schools with regards to behavior for students on and off campus. So that's the catch-all for kids because a lot of times... It's not necessarily something that they did on campus during school hours on school grounds. It's off campus. So what you're saying is districts, different districts may have, and sorry for interrupting, may have a different process for how they handle the internal aspect of it. But they as a school district cannot just expel a student without at least some sort of hearing. Is this in front of a judge? Is this in front of the school board district? So when they assign, how does that work? Mm -hmm. So it's not in front of a judge with regards to the expulsion hearing because there's two prongs that a kid will have. The criminal investigation that could eventually lead to charges and going to court and then the school issue with regards to suspension and expulsion. So with the expulsions, those are usually before a school board. So sometimes you'll be able to have the hearing in front of the entire school board in a closed setting, of course, because they're minors. Right. Or sometimes they'll have like a mediator who's recording, taking notes, writing up everything, and then presenting it to the school board. Okay, so there's different situations on each one. Right. But I think you make a clear point is that a lot of these are not necessarily criminal cases. The police aren't involved, but some of them are. So you come in, if someone calls you, you're able to kind of tackle both situations? Right, definitely. So I handle both. So the school issue with regards to the expulsion and doing the hearings and disciplinary. And then I also am able to handle the criminal in dealing with law enforcement for charges. For example, if officers are looking to charge a kid because they think that student has an actual weapon, we can argue it's legally owned or a BB gun or something like that, or they didn't have the intent to carry out a threat. It was just a school prank. Like when we were kids, Power Rangers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, kids play those games. It's something like just kids playing around and not really taking it as an actual threat. Are the majority of cases involve the criminal world or, the, you know, or involve police or do most of them involve just the school district themselves? So initially, in my experience, it initially automatically involves the, the police because there's usually a school resource officer because they don't look at the child individually. They just see it as black and white. It's a threat to the school. So the police get involved. And then once you get to speaking with the school, the deans, the principal, and then the police officers, you can explain the situation around that particular student and that student's actions. Right. I just want to like try and paint a picture for what the threshold is for a school to trigger an expulsion hearing. It, you mentioned showing off weapons or comments like that. Okay, I could kind of see that. Is it sometimes just words that people say in oh, passing? Absolutely. Is it oftentimes just that? It is. Like I have experience and with clients or people just calling us, but clients recently, that it's just comments between two students, one making a threat to another, maybe in jest or joking, and then a third student overhears and reports it to a teacher. And so they say that kid A threatened kid B, and so then a student in the hallway overhears or a teacher overhears rumors of what's going on, that there was some sort of threat or altercation made between students. And that's how it kind of gets out of control from there. Are there mandated reporters in schools where a teacher, if they hear that, they have to report that? Correct. Yes. Teachers, teachers, coaches, staff, they are required to. But of course, that also falls into gray areas, right? Like, I, I, I'm sh- I don't know if I've ever said anything like this to a, to a kid, but maybe I did when I was 14. Like my good friend, you know, punching them in the arm when they did something silly and say, I'm going to kill you, man, for doing that. 
mm-hmm. as a joke, like as a joke or something. Right. And I can't imagine I said that, but I also, who knows what I said when I was 14. Yeah. But I imagine something like that, even if a teacher overhears. Right. So if it's something embarrassing, like between teenage boys and you get pranked or something funny happens and then you say, I'm going to kill you. But another student overhears and they didn't see the initial encounter. The lead up, right? Correct. Then they go and run off and report it because they're concerned, as that other student has the right to be. And then it just goes from there. And the initial kids that were just kidding around get in a lot of trouble. If they don't have... I know a lot of parents out there are saying, look, I can handle this, right? I'm going to talk to my kid. We're going to go in front of the school. We're going to figure this out. He didn't, he or she didn't do anything wrong. It's all going to, it's all going to be okay. That may be the case, but do you find that having someone like you there can ensure that's the case or at least lean it more towards that way? I guess what I'm saying is, should people have legal representation during these situations? Right. They definitely should because obviously the school is going to be very chummy with the parents and students to get them to talk and cooperate, to go get an evaluation to determine whether or not they're a threat. And these expulsion hearings, it's not just the dean yammering off what the facts were. They actually have an attorney from a law firm oh, really? that the school district hires to represent the school district. And the attorney is there asking the dean, coaches, others, students, teachers, questions at this hearing. And then a parent is left to ask questions, to cross-examine. They don't know what to ask or answer. Wow. Bring so, out. so even though it's a hearing and it's at maybe even at the school board room where you know maybe you visited as a parent to talk about the curriculum right. and you think it's going to be a conversation between parents and our elected officials in the school board, many of whom we all know each other, right? It's not. They have a lawyer there. Right. So the school districts have their own attorneys that do the questioning. And you're right. You're just in a conference room at a school. I mean, I just had one a couple of weeks ago. We're walking through a high school to go to a bigger conference room to accommodate us. But there is a lawyer from a big firm in the city representing the school district. She's there in her suit. You know, everyone thought it was very low key until I step in and explain to the family. That's not the case. Right. So I guess what I'm asking is, is does the school tell the attorney, like, I guess... What's the school's perspective? I guess it depends on the case and the student and how many instances maybe there's been in the past. Is their goal to get the kid expelled or are they like, let's see what happens in this hearing? Like, what what advice is the, like, what what's the attorney going at after, right? Because obviously if it's a prosecutor, they want that person gone. But is the school entering this hearing like, let's see where the evidence points? Do you understand what I'm kind of asking? I do understand what you're asking. And the school's perspective is they want the kid gone because they're looking at protecting the rest of the 3,000 students of a high school or however big the school is. They're protecting the rest of the students and they're trying to make a message. And the point is, if you do something, that kid is gone because we need to protect the rest of the students. So... Our purpose at the hearing is to point out that this one kid is really not a threat. The rest of the students don't really know what's going on because it's supposed to be private. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to say, look, this was just an isolated incident and it doesn't affect the morale or safety. And it doesn't send the message that the school tolerates this. There's still a consequence for our client, this kid. To put a finer point on what I was trying to say is, I guess what, what my interpretation was, and maybe a lot of parents mistakenly so, this isn't a courtroom. We're going to come together to an agreement that makes sense. Whereas you're suggesting in many cases, no, the school is treating it as if they are the prosecutors and the student needs defense. Absolutely. Okay. 
Right. we got to take a quick commercial break. 312-981-7200 if you have any questions about this. It's an important discussion to have. More with Audrey Anderson after this on WGN. John Hansen here, 18 stories above the green Chicago River, where it meets the lake. Continuing our conversation with Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. And Audrey, I think the party heard that we, we might be coming because it broke up completely. I know. That's too bad. I know. We were going to go over there. Hey, everyone, we'll come by overwards. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, uh, directly across the street from us, we can see a giant St. Patrick's Day party happening in uh, the windows across the street. We've been talking about a very serious subject, school threats. And to reinforce what we're chatting about, of course, schools should be taking threats seriously. And schools feel the burden because if they don't, you know, odds are maybe nothing will happen. But then something happens and it's like, what were they doing? And there's a lot of parallels in the case in Michigan, right? I mean, there was a lot of everyone after the fact is saying, how did they miss this? It was right there. So I get it. They want to do it. But if a kid makes a joke to another kid, it's misinterpreted or the kid was trying to do something else or be stupid about it. There's real ramifications about getting expelled, right? What have you seen from people? So a lot of times they could lose their scholarships to excellent universities and that affects their career path for the rest of their life. So if they can't go to an Ivy League school, they go to a community college that's completely different. Nothing wrong with community college, but it's a different track. It's a totally different track than what they had in mind, trying to overcome the stigma of being that kid that was kicked out. Right. So, I mean, and that's pretty immediate, right? Like, I mean, there's no like coming back. I mean, there's, I don't want to say there's no coming back from an expulsion. Of course, life goes on. You figure that out and, and kids are resilient and, and they can do great things into adulthood. But when you get expelled and they've gone through this hearing, is there any going back? Can you get back into the school? I mean, is it a real tough road from there? Depends on how long the expulsion is. Typically, the expulsion is for two years. So where you are in school. So if you're in your junior year, that's it. You're not graduating from that high school. Well, how do you you graduate high school then? Because I know we have mandates in the state, right? Right. But you go to an alternative school. So you go to a school that's not with your friends necessarily. That's not even necessarily in your town. Mm -hmm. So if you were playing varsity sports, you're not on that school anymore. You're going back to an alternative school. You have to make new friends. You can't see your old friends. You can't go back to the old campus or any of the school district property. So if you want to see another football game that your team that you used to be on is playing a different team, you can't go there either because you're banned from the property. Yeah. I'm sure some people listening are saying, yeah, but don't make a joke then. Okay. Yeah, right. But I think if if parents are listening and grandparents, I, I bet they know. And I bet they know how different it was when they were in school. And we just got to find a, a place where, you know, threats are taken seriously, but everyone has their day to defend themselves. And that's where you come in, right? Right. Because I just constantly try to argue to these school boards that everyone knows the science is a student's brain is not fully developed till they're 25. So you're struggling in high school to find your identity and your friends. And you're not thinking of long-term consequences. You're just thinking of the immediate now. Right. And that's nothing that we can physically change. We can try to impress that upon our children. But sometimes just in the heat of the moment, people say the wrong things. Adults do. So yes. How do we expect more from teenagers? Trust me, I talk a lot here on this radio station. The things I have said in the past. I, we're going to continue this conversation after the news break. But in case anyone wants to reach out to you, the website, the best place to go first, or where do you want them to go? Yes, definitely. www.andersonaa.com. More with Audrey Anderson after the news in this break from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on WGN. 
720 WGN. Hey, everyone. This is your... Uh, no, I almost said Your Money Matters. Andre Anderson, I did that the other night. I said it was Let's Get Legal. Too many shows. This is Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. Their phone number is 630-877-5800. 630-877-5800. We're going to be on for the next few minutes. And the reason why it's a little nebulous is we just saw one basketball game end. We've got the next one. We'll get it to you and pick it up in progress in a little bit. Audrey Anderson, I wanted to talk, we've been talking about school threats, and I think we've been a little vague about, and we talked about how things can snowball and escalate. Social media plays a huge role in this. Walk us through an example of a case where, not a specific one, but, you know, by, you know, just an example, where some kid posts something, but the ultimate threat was not what they originally posted. It was when it cascaded somewhere else. Right. That, and that happens. So kid A could just take a picture and joke because two kids are, you know, goofing around. Take a picture of... Of like them with BB guns. With or, BB guns, right. Or something like that. Or just a picture of a gun. Or an image of a gun. Correct. A stock and, image that they didn't even... They just, here's a picture of a gun. Right. And that's happened. I've had okay. that. And then it gets sent out to their small group. Somehow another kid sees it and it gets sent to them. And then they add a meme or a saying to that. And then another kid sees it. And then they go to the school. Well, then our original kid A, the school thinks that kid... He or she is the one that took the picture and made the saying on it say, hey, don't go to school on Monday. And then there's a stock picture of a gun. But our original kid never added this comment about don't go to school on Monday. Right. That was kid B. Correct. But the school in their effort, and understandably so, to some extent, to prevent anything from happening, they don't want to be the school where they they miss the signs. They just issue a... You know, carte blanche for all of you, you're all in trouble. Correct. Everyone, A, B, all the rest of the kids, they all get suspended, get notices with regards to expulsion, and police then come in to investigate. And that's why you need an attorney to say, no, it's not accountability for all. We had no idea what kid B would be doing or kid right. C, and you shouldn't hold our kid responsible. I think we all have this sense of, like, innocent till proven guilty, of course, in the criminal justice world. And that's where some of these cases can go, and then that burden of proof is there. But we're not talking about criminal situations necessarily. It's not the same in the school situation, right? Right. Schools, they completely overreact, which is completely understandable. They go over the top thinking it's the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And we have to pull them back to say, look, that's not really the case. But we understand why. Right. We don't want to minimize the seriousness of it. I appreciate how delicate you're trying to handle this, too, because I know people are like, oh, you got to you got to do it. And 100 percent look into it. I just think, and I know you do as a defense attorney, everyone should have an opportunity to be defended by someone who, who to, to be represented by someone who at least is going to analyze it, look at it, and make the case for why this kid may have messed up and that it wasn't going to escalate. And I think everyone is do that, right? Right, definitely. And parents, it's so emotional for them because it's their child. So they really need an attorney to step in, even if the parent knows that they their son or daughter didn't do anything wrong. So they think, why spend the money for an attorney? The attorney is there to not just be emotional and make right. emotional arguments, but legal arguments to them. Anderson Attorneys and Advisors, AndersonAA.com. The number is 630-877-5800. We may have time for another question or two in just a bit, Audrey, but let's take a quick commercial break here on WGN. But we're in a little overtime here for Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. And we're going to wait until we get word that we're going to take the pregame show for game number two. 
So we're going to kind of walk on the uh, on the live wire here a little bit uh, and figure this out. I'm glad we have Audrey Anderson still here with us from attorneys, excuse me, Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. We've been talking about school threats and, you know, the differences in the evolution of them. I really want to harp on people not having to ever see you. Not that you're a lovely person, you do a great job, and we'll get to people that need to talk to you after this. What should parents be telling their kids so that they're not in one of these scenarios? Right. Parents just really need to focus on their kids and say they really have to think through what they say and what they do. If they're messing around with BB guns or if they're just angry at another student or if they've been bullied, you know, talk to your child to see if everything's going okay with teachers and other students and that if they need help, you're there for them. Right. And I think it's also they should know who at their school they can talk to. You know, I know it's tough with kids, right? And they're not going to necessarily, not every parent-kid relationship is the best. And I'm not a parent, so I, it's kind of you know rude of me to, to speak about this. But I wonder if it's also, hey, look, you may not feel comfortable telling me everything, but here's the dean or here's the resource officer. Here's someone that you can talk to at the school so that you don't make a silly mistake on the internet. Absolutely. They have a lot of dean of students, or you can even talk to a coach, or if you have a favorite teacher, the librarian, who knows who you think is an adult that you feel close to at the school, even if it's the nurse at school, maybe, Mm -hmm. or a counselor. You can always go to them. Their door is always open. They want you to come to them and talk to them when you think that there's going to be an issue or you're having concerns or you're questioning about what your friends are doing or saying. Right. I also imagine there's some people listening here that say, oh, I don't want to get my friend in trouble and expelled and ruin his life. I'm not going to say anything if I see something. That's not the message we want to send today, right? Right. We still want to make sure that people know that if there's a threat and if there's something you're that you're uncertain about, reporting that is still important, right? Right. It is definitely very important. And a lot of those reports are held anonymous to the student getting expelled. So if you come forward saying you heard or said something, the school a lot of times doesn't reveal that you're the specific kid or parent that came forward and said something. Right. And uh, last thing I'll just say to everyone out there is if your kid's in one of these situations, do not think that you can handle it yourself in this expulsion hearing or in this process because the school is going to have an attorney. You should too. I personally recommend Audrey Anderson and Advisors because we've gotten to know each other. AndersonAA.com is the website, 630-877-5800. Call or text you guys, right? That's great, yes. Audrey, it's always great to see you. I appreciate it. Thank you again for having us.